Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, where we are vibing with the book 10 minutes at a time. The next 10 minutes, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 to 18. <laughs> we never planned what the next sentence is after that. Um, so we have, or not we... This is actually a you thing. I've adopted it, and <laughs> it has become a we thing. Okay, okay. In the sense that, like, I remember hearing you the uh, the first time on uh, like the very first LRT that I ever attended, which was in Oregon camp meeting, twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen. Six years ago. Twenty eighteen. It's wild. Twenty eighteen. Right? Uh, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you said something to the effect of "sin is not the problem." Oh yeah. Which blew my mind because in my life, if I were to audit my life at that point in my journey. It was the problem. Sin was always the problem. That was the thing that was on my mind. It was the thing that I was concerned about. It was the thing that I was afraid of. And just sin was the problem. Yeah. And uh, you have this line where sin's not the problem, but unbelief is. Yeah. Because sin has been handedly dealt with yeah. in the person of Jesus at the cross thousands of years ago. And the only question is, is do we believe yeah that that was actually accomplished or not. And I think that this theme shows up a little bit here in our passage for today. Take care, brothers, lest there be any in you of an evil, unbelieving heart. And this theme of unbelief shows up yeah. over and over and over and over. The last passage is so that we see, so we see that we were unable to enter because of unbelief. Unbelief is the problem. It's not so much that sin is the problem. And I think one potential way to misunderstand perhaps the intent of the author is that unbelief is when I have a question. Mm. That unbelief is when I'm still trying to understand something. I, I recognize a truth, but I'm trying to grasp how to get there. I'm not convinced that that's the kind of unbelief that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Because what we see, the force of the argument up to this point, if you've noticed the theme in our in our, in our uh, titles of the last however many episodes, is Jesus is a big deal. Uh -huh. Jesus is the man. Jesus in our last episode is Mobetta. Uh -huh. It's all about Jesus. And do we receive Jesus by faith or not? Do we trust that he is the actual representative of God mm -hmm. or not? And that's the hinge point mm -hmm. of belief 
versus unbelief. We can have questions mm-hmm. and questions are good. We still have questions ourselves. We're yeah. still trying to grow in this grace and in this knowledge of mm-hmm. who Jesus is. But the hinge point mm-hmm. isn't sin. Mm-hmm. The problem isn't sin. Mm-hmm. The problem is unbelief. Do we believe that what Jesus claimed about himself and what he promised to do on our behalf, that he's been faithful, that we can take it to the bank, that it is in fact ours. Oh, excuse me. They come in threes. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'm good. No, absolutely. Uh, the phrase that I often use is that in the New Testament, sin is not the problem. Yeah. Right. Sin has been dealt with in the New Testament. The problem is unbelief. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, sometimes people balk at that. Like, oh, what? Of course, sin is the problem. Like, no, it's not. Sin has been condemned. Yeah. In the person of Jesus, sin has been condemned. Yeah. Right. In the person of Jesus, in Christ by faith, you are free from sin. How can it continually be the problem? You were talking about a book that you're going through. Again, The Body Keeps the Score, and you gave me two takeaways. Yeah. The second of the takeaways was something about the idea of lies. Yeah. Lies that we tell ourselves are, in many ways, the triggers for PTSD and this trauma response. Yeah, uh, I, I probably mispronounced the name, but Bezel van der Kolk, MD, in this great book, The Body Keeps Score. And yeah, I'm, I'm revisiting it in light of again, this revelation of the body and the body of Jesus, where he has this phrase in the opening chapters that he remembers his uh, professor teaching him that the greatest source of our suffering are the lies that we tell ourselves. Mm. This is what he says. And because of the lies that we tell ourselves, um, one of the things that we do is a compulsive sense or a compulsive sort of seeking out of threat and uh, sensitivity to threat, right? Mm. Which is this this fear of death, the, the the thing that we were talking about earlier. But the lies that we tell ourselves, and one of the lies that we tell ourselves is that um, one sin still somehow reigns, mm-hmm. and another lie that we tell ourselves is that maybe, just maybe, uh, I should keep something back. Hmm. Uh, instead of giving myself wholly over to this truth as it is in Jesus. Yeah, I was uh, I was reflecting on a moment in, I think it was Joel's podcast, where mm-hmm. he was wrestling through, uh, shout out to Death to Life, mm-hmm. if you haven't listened to the podcast. I don't know who's listening to the move that doesn't listen to Death, Death to Life, Life yet. Yeah. Come on, you guys got to get on that. But he was talking about how there was this transitionary moment when he went from unbelief to belief. Yeah. And he's like, can I actually say this about myself? Yeah. That I'm free? Uh-huh. That I'm like, on all the things, right? Yeah can I actually say this? Mm -hmm. And he was like, there was this moment where he's measuring, like, is it legitimate Mm -hmm. to claim this by faith? Mm -hmm. And I think that the author of Hebrews, the pastor of Hebrews, again, (laughs) Paul, um, is saying that, take care my brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. Mm. We'll get to that in a minute. Leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Hmm. All right. And so the deceitfulness of sin very much still exists in the world, Hmm. right? Although sin itself has been condemned in the person of Jesus, that doesn't mean that the domain of death, this world that is corrupt and fallen, still doesn't very much communicate the deceitfulness, the effects, and is 
embroiled in the power of sin, mm-hmm. right? We, as those who have believed, who have received this heavenly calling, who have see ourselves in light of our sonship, we've been transferred from death to life. So we are little sort of embassies of the kingdom while still being in this sin-sick world. Mm-hmm. Now, while we're in the sin-sick world and there is a deceitfulness of sin, and the way that sin deceives is by a, a host of things. Sin deceives by way of our senses, Right? So think of our senses, what we see, taste, touch, hear, right? How that presses up against our nerves, mm. our physiology, how we interpret what we sense, mm. you know, chemical reactions that then the mind receives or plays out as something. Our organs, this is all in our bodies, right? Via the s- stimuli, our passions that are then triggered by this stimuli. And uh, the patterns of our lives, the traumas and triggers that can get sort of pressed. Mm-hmm. Sin plays up on all of these against this, again, the senses, the nerves, the organs, the passions, the, the traumas, the triggers, the patterns, presses up on all of these and would cause us to believe, the sum total is that we believe something contrary than the simple revelation of God's love as it is in Jesus. For mm-hmm. example, if you're now in a wilderness having left Egypt and all you see is the scarcity of Mm. the desert and your senses are telling you, where are we going to get water from? Where are we going to get refuge from? How are we going to clothe our children? And you begin to receive this and believe it and your nerves begin to act up and maybe your stomach is in knots via anxiety and worry and your old slave mindset from Egypt is triggered these patterns all of a sudden begin to emerge and you think to yourself well maybe we might have had it better Hmm. back in egypt Mm -hmm. right in spite of the clear revelation of what god has been doing through his mighty showing in the plagues and now his mighty showing through his presence as typified and seen in the cloud and the fire and the angel of the Lord and the rock and the right. And you still have like, well, well, what if, what if, and this is the beginning of what the, uh, the Bible kind of uh, calls as evil Hmm. is to withhold something for yourself and then to double down on it. In what way were the Hebrews holding back in the wilderness something for themselves? So they were re- holding themselves back from yeah, giving were, themselves fully to this new experience. Yeah, absolutely. This this idea of being in the wilderness and still longing for Egypt in small, meaningful ways hmm. at the expense of the present revelation. Right? Like, hmm. how much more could God do to care for them? How much more evidence could He give? Right, that he was faithful, that he was trustworthy, that he had delivered them from slavery. In my mind, the first thing that jumped to my mind was like, "Well, you could have given him AC." But I guess that was what the cloud was. It yeah, was yeah, the yeah. AC right, of the day. Right. Yeah, yeah. So he he gave them, he provided <laughs> yeah. all of their needs, and and then he was allowing them to conquer territories in his name. Right. Mm. So he he made this provision, and the example of what we have in Scripture is that then these people still longed for some sort of surety, imagined surety, to mm. be sure, yeah. that they thought they left back in Egypt. And God's like, what What are we talking about here? Like, this is deceit. Yeah, isn't that just so interesting? And I guess the answer is that it is deceit, but that, they, that there's a certain sense that they believe that being enslaved in Egypt was the sure thing, the thing that they would rather prefer. Yeah, and... Haven't well, I'll get there in a second. I'm about to say, haven't we seen that? And we have, yeah. we'll get there in a second. But 
the idea that evil is not the manifestation of, you know, committing atrocious crimes, pillaging and conquering or, you know, uh, some sort of violent, intimate crime, but that the beginning of evil is when you hold on to something for self Hmm. and you hold on to it in the scarcity mindset that then it manifests in you looking for this thing that you're holding on to Uh, or this thing that you think needs to be satisfied. You need it to be satisfied. mm -hmm. And then the way you manifest that, the the, the seeking for that satisfaction can be very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, One of the things I uploaded on Instagram, I think this week actually was the reason why we sin is to be happy. Yeah. In the sense that we believe lies about what makes us happy yeah. and therefore we go seeking after those things. N- no one no one regularly sins or no one plans on sinning because they want to be miserable. Yeah. No one's like, you know what would be great if I just screwed up my marriage? Yeah, you know what yeah. would be awesome if I tarnished my reputation? You know yeah. what would be awesome if I became a slave to my every passion and whim of my flesh? Yeah. Like no one, even the most worldly of worldly people, yeah. they're, they're not thinking that. Yeah. They're motivated by a desire for fulfillment, for, for a hopeful of of joy and peace in their life. Yeah. The only problem is, and it's a big problem, yeah. is that they've been deceived about what brings that. In yeah. the same way that the Hebrews were thinking, you know what will be awesome? Yeah. We went back to slavery. Yeah. Like they were deceived. But their ultimate motivation is a sense of completeness and safety and security. Yeah. And yet God's like, but you have that. Yeah. Like I'm right here. Yeah, this is the famous, what comes to mind is that famous line that's attributed to Chesterton. I think yes, yeah, Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton, um, every man who knocked on a brothel door was looking for God. Wow. That's strong. Yeah, right? Yeah. So that this, you sin because you're looking for something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you think of Ananias and Sapphira mm-hmm. in light of evil. Mm-hmm. Think of what, what was it? What was the evil thing that Ananias and Sapphira did? Yeah. So the story is New Testament. There's kind of a collection of offering to take care of the early church, maybe some of the poor or the sick or whatever the case is. People are all giving. They make a big show. Oh, we sold all these things and here you go. Here's it. Here it is to the church. And like they end up dead. Like it's kind of a very dramatic story. But but the reason it seems is because they actually lied about how much they were giving. No one required that they gave 100%, mm-hmm. but they claimed to have given. And kept something and back. And kept something back for themselves. Yeah, because in thinking that in giving 100%, maybe they would have seen by the community as something, or maybe they would have seen as God as something. Oh, right? Yeah. But they keep something back for themselves. So it's, you know, I think it's Peter. He's like, man, how could you, how could you lie to the Holy Spirit this way? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Um, I think in the mini series, the Bible that was put on by NBC, that was produced by the producer of Survivor, I forget mm-hmm. his name, but in that version, um, I really like the way they presented this story because Peter looks at I think Ananias maybe, and he's like, "How could you bet against, against the yeah, Holy Spirit?" I yeah. like that language. Like, how could you bet? So it's it's keeping just a little bit back, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 betting against. It's shorting a stock. Right, it's it's Bill Gates having half a billion shorting against Tesla. Well, if you go wrong, I'm gonna make some money, right? And so you keep a little something back for yourself. And the author of Hebrews is saying, "Don't be that way. As long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Like God has provided everything. The person of Jesus is the provision of all of heaven for you, right? For we have come to share in Christ. Mm-hmm. We share in the Messiah." All the gift of heaven has been poured out. We need to withhold nothing back. Everything has been given to us. 
And we come to share in Christ indeed if we hold our confidence firm to the end. And what's our confidence? Go back to Hebrews 3 verse 6. And we are his house if we did we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. We are his house. There is nothing that we need to do to add to be his house. We have been taken care of. We have been brought from death to life. All provision is given to us. The culmination of the story of Israel has found its end in Jesus. And we are now the holy ones. We have been separated. We have been elevated. We sit in holy places and heavenly places because that's where he is. So if you hear this great salvation, don't reject it. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as they did in the rebellion. Don't allow yourself to just keep something back like, "Mm, well, maybe I'm just going to, right? I said I was going to get back here. One of the ways that we keep something back is when we hold on to who we used to be Hmm. and bring it to God as though that's what he requires in order for some sort of transaction to occur. Hmm. What do I mean? Constantly bringing my sins to God. But I'm this, but I'm this, but I'm this. And God's saying, why why do you keep bringing this to me Hmm. if that's already buried and gone? All I want is for you to bring yourself to receive everything I've given you. If you got hands full of the stuff you used to be, you can't have hands open to receive everything I want to give you. Yeah, it's a very weird image. If we if we take the idea of baptism being our death, participating Uh in the death of Jesus, our we are also dying. Then to from that moment to have like this transformed experience, then to go into the graveyard with a shovel Mm -hmm. under cover of night, because what's going to happen, you start digging up a corpse, Mm -hmm. chopping up the body just Mm -hmm. a little bit so it's a little bit easier to carry, to enter into the throne room. And bring it back. And to bring this corpse in front of the king. It's a very weird image. You've heard that illustration about the pastor who killed some lady's cat? No. Uh, It's a true story? Nah, I don't know. I mean, you know, President... Eric Vandenberg has used illustration, <laughs> but the, the pastor who kills the lady's cat, he's so heartbroken. He brings, he runs over it or something, brings the cat to the lady. He's like, I killed you, come on. She's heartbroken. She's like, oh, my beloved cat. But, you know, she forgives him. It was an accident. They bury the cat. Right? So every year on the anniversary, no, he goes, every, <laughs> every night, the pastor's <laughs> racked by guilt like that night. He's like, ah, so he goes, digs up the cat. And then in the morning, brings the cat to the lady. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. The lady, the first time she's like, oh, it's just trauma. You know, like I get it. I get it. Right, by the sixth time, that like, well, the second, third time, like, like get out of here, bro. This is super weird. Like, <laughs> I already forgave like, you. The, like, the thing is, like, leave it buried, yeah. right? And don't we do this with God all Absolutely. the time? Like, well, we have to die daily, right? We can get to yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and it, well, we've already we have gone to that. that. Like, you are free from sin.com. Check yeah. out the curriculum. Yeah, we have a whole thing on that. that where it's like at night, you know, okay, now we're free from sin, and then at night, somehow, we're wrapped back in our slavery. We get back. And God's like, what are you doing, dude? Hold fast to the confession. Yeah. Like the confession is you are free. You have been mm-hmm. transferred from death to life. You have mm-hmm. crossed the waters. Jesus is better than Moses. You have been given something that you could not actually do yourself. It's just an extension of what we've seen in the earlier chapters about don't neglect, don't yeah. drift, don't walk away. Yeah. And so uh, the last closing lines, right? For those who have heard and yet rebelled. Who were those who heard and rebelled? Was it not those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? Now you might ask, well, how is it that they sinned if they were free from sin? That's how they sinned. They didn't believe they were free. 
And they continue to contradict the very freedom that God was giving them by actually trying to do their own thing. So that's how they were overtaken by the deceitfulness of sin and sinned. Why? Because in not believing in their freedom, they participated in the brokenness of sin because they still believe that to be a little bit of their reality because they held something back as though they were still in the place that God had liberated them from. Fully and wholly commit yourself, give yourself over to the revelation of Jesus. 100%. That's that's the way that we don't enter into, like, because it's unbelief. Unbelief is a thing that we holding ourselves back. Give yourselves over. I remember working myself up, getting the courage. And this is why I brought up the story of Joel, because that moment resonated so deeply with me. Because I remember the very first time I was uh, typing up my Instagram thing where I was like, I've been wanting to say this for a while, but been afraid to say it for a long time. But I am free mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus. And I really felt like that was like a, and, and of course, it's just like, who cares? Like no one's paying attention to myself as much as I'm paying attention but to myself. But still, it's a crossing of a Rubicon, right? But that's it's exactly like, what uh, it was. Casting the dice. Mm-hmm. Like the, I, I, for better or worse, I'm committed to this thing. Mm-hmm. Particularly with you, you know, you got what, 120,000 subscribers on YouTube. Well, like that's why I did on Instagram. I didn't do it on YouTube. Ah! <laughs> I was holding back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> And look at us now. We're hosting this on YouTube. The cat's out the bag, which is actually something worth saying about the difference Mm -hmm. between unbelief and disbelief. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause, cause I think that that's one of the things that's why I started this, this episode. It's like, listen, unbelief is rejection of Jesus. It's maybe not the same as having questions and still wanting to learn more. Mm -hmm. That's good. We, we honor that actually, but unbelief rejecting like that's that's a different categorically different unbelief sees the revelation and says that's not true yeah disbelief sees the revelation and says how can this be true yeah right yeah uh thomas was not an unbeliever thomas Mm. was a disbeliever and and this is why jesus responded so positively to to it yeah because thomas was like i need more evidence how can this be true like he had a qualified heart that wanted this is why jesus tells him yo blessed are the people that hear and believe without the evidence that you require, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Not because somehow you're less than, yeah. but the pain and the agony that you had to endure for an extra week while your brethren were actually living in the benefit mm-hmm. of my revelation. Yeah. Like the rest of the apostles, they saw me, they're living in the revelation of it. Yeah. But unless you had seen it for yourself, you can't believe their testimony. Yeah. It's like, had you actually received their testimony, then you would have been living in the benefit of it as well. But because of disbelief, and that's, you know, it is what it is, you had this arduous and painful experience that you couldn't actually participate in their joy right and that disbelief can lead to unbelief that says nah like that's not what it is right so we got to guard even against disbelief sure. but disbelief just simply says how can this be true unbelief is actually looking for reasons to disprove like no yeah. this can't be true because of this you know uh this author that i know uses this great line that sometimes brothers have a peg of doubt there's always a peg of doubt or they look for pegs of doubt on which to hang their unbelief and and this author does go on to say that there will always be a peg to hang down Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. and so just and isn't that what we saw with the hebrews in the wilderness there's there's always another opportunity to 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 notice the hot sun or to notice the giant walls that you have to conquer it's like there's always one of those things but never forget like you were delivered miraculously yeah from bondage you transferred through the waters yeah. god parted it and yeah. made a way and this is why there's always a peg of doubt that you could hang on belief on but just kick it out the wall like don't allow it to be there because that's the place where the deceitfulness of sin will get you yeah right and this is why it concludes so we see that they were unable to enter 
because of their terrible sins. <laughs> that was it? Nope. nope. <laughs> and so we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. Yeah. And just, I wanted to maybe make this a little bit more plain because the difference between unbelief and disbelief is not just like a semantical difference. It's not, we're not just playing word games to make ourselves in and you out kind of thing. It's, it's, it's as simple as when you receive the revelation, do you lean in? Or do you lean back? Mm-hmm. Like, are you skeptic? Like the original idea of a skeptic is one who stands mm-hmm. at a distance. Like, it's okay to have the questions. It's okay to wonder, how is this possible? Like, but I still don't understand it all. Like, but when your heart leans forward, know that that's a qualified heart. Yeah, absolutely. I think Jesus, and he's like, oh, well, what does that mean? Because sometimes you could say, well, people lean back, they lean away, but they're still leaning in in yeah, their so heart. If I'm, right? <laughs> right? Let's just use the example of Jesus when he says, the good seed is cast. Some is absolutely hard ground. It doesn't get through. Others, rock, right? It gets a little deep. It has no life. And then the, the thorns mm. and the thistles. Get choked right? out. It arises, but then it gets choked out. Why? Because of the life around the circumstances of life mm. and the threat of like, just the worries and concerns. Mm-hmm. These are the places where the deceitfulness of sin hides in order to move us to unbelief so that we don't actually bear fruit because we haven't given ourselves over to this thing. Hmm. So is there a distinction between disbelief and unbelief? Yes. Disbelief, Thomas, right? He was good, good soil, ground. good yeah. ground, but you know, some grounds a little, you need a little bit more, more water. Yeah. But then there's very real places of unbelief where at the beginning of that parable, hard ground. Yeah. See, drops, nothing. Nothing. Right? Don't, don't be that. And I think the good news to remember is that even in the event that the ground is hard, we have other stories where trees don't bear fruit. There's nothing happening here. And, and the story doesn't end there, that the trees just cut out the ground. Like, no. The, 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 what's the word for the per- I was gonna, It's like the shepherd, but for trees. What's the word? The husbandman? Is that the word? The person who tends the ground? Sure, the arborist. The arborist <laughs> shows up. Yeah, there's a word that you use every day. The arborist shows up digs around, puts dung in there, make sure that there's fertile ground and gives it another several years. Like God is not the kind of person that's like, I'm measuring your heart today and today is the only day by which I view you through. Yeah, that's a really good point because this is about, let's be very clear that Hebrews is about people who have received the revelation. Mm. The revelation is made plain and clear before them. And now that the revelation is made plain and clear, do not harden your hearts. Yeah. This is the nation of Israel after the plagues, after the waters being parted, after the mighty demonstration of Sinai. Don't harden your hearts. So yeah. we're speaking about this distinction between disbelief and unbelief after the revelation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's important.